October 29, 2021 edition of Weekly Signals Weekly Review, an interpretive guide to the last 168 hours of history, broadcasting from the campus of the University of California at Irvine on KUCI 88.9 FM. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Caspar. Ah, and as always, a new brand avatar for Mark Zuckerberg's metaverse. <laughs> Mahler, the fake news dog. Good, wow. good, good. Hey, nice gig, Mahler. Way to go. Yeah. Yeah. You know, last yesterday I got an email from Gawker. They're back. Gawker is back. Did yeah. You, yeah. And it was that you could download a mask of Mark Zuckerberg. Uh-huh. You had to click on this thing. It would blow it up. And yeah. you could, you know, print it out. And you could go as Mark Zuckerberg. Why? Why, Why would anyone want to go anywhere? Looking like Mark Zuckerberg. Well, on Halloween. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, he's yeah kind, I mean, that's he's kind of ghoulish. Yeah, he is. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Maybe get some blood coming out of his eyes, you know, and have it fun. Right. I, I out. think he's, you don't need anything else. <laughs> that's true. He's Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> that's true. He is. Yeah, yeah. Today we'll be talking about, on this very show, dinosaur socials. Oh, okay. Yeah, you heard right. about those things? Yeah, uh, no. It's the latest. Uh. Yeah. Uh, Big John, Pismo Beach, Cocaine Hippos. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> hey, he's hungry, them. Don't worry. The world's first tourism destination inspired by offshore oil platforms and more. But first, from Slate. Trained detection dogs are being called on to assist global cons- conservation efforts. Say that again? Trained detection dogs. Yeah, yeah. You know, not yeah. like Mahler, of no, course. Mahler. No, no, no. Uh, yeah. Well, he was the one who was shooting about the uh, the cocaine hippos or whatever. So yeah, he, you, you don't want him out there. He's trained, but yeah, in different ways. Yeah, in yeah, different ways. He's, he's yeah. learned. They're uh, being called on to assist global conservation efforts. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this includes finding rare animals like black-footed ferrets. <laughs> and then chewing them up. Well, yeah, I mean, well, I don't they, know what they do. What, yeah, 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 what yeah. Are you doing? Yeah. yeah, well, I know. Uh, and uh, tracking invasive species like spotted, spotted lantern flies and zebra mussels. Okay. They do these things. Yeah. I don't know anything about the uh, zebra mussels. Helping reduce bird fatalities at wind farms. Yeah. I think they just scare, scare them off. off. Yeah, you know? that would make sense. And policing wildlife trafficking. They're sniffing things around, you know, yeah. see if they're, somebody's stealing any uh, wildlife and taking yeah. it to another country yeah, and yeah. sticking it in a zoo or right. as a pet. As far as finding rare animals go, at this stage, extracting and, and interpreting genetic information are no longer the major challenges to understanding rare and endangered species. But finding them, the rare animals, is. Right, right. Uh, with a dog, all you need is some scat from the animal. Pretty much, yeah, or some kind of smell. If you have one rare animal, you smell that one, and you set them out looking for another one. Wow, that's pretty good. That's pretty amazing. Just a review here, yeah, about about doggy noses. (laughs) Yeah, well, we've got the expert right here. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Look at his nose. It has three hundred million olfactory receptor cells that send signals to his brain. The Mahler's brain. Yeah. Well, Norm- <laughs> normally that would be the case. Yeah. yeah that would yeah, be. Yeah. yeah. But not. Compared with our roughly six million. Yeah. So he's got like three hundred million. We only got six million well, of those amazing. olfactory receptor cells. Dogs, unlike humans, also have a merrill nasal 
organ. They have one of those venero nasal, nasal organs. Can you say that on the air? I'm sorry, I didn't. Okay, go Venero nasal. Okay, all right. Uh, organ. Organ, okay. Yeah. A special patch of sensory cells within the nasal chamber that can detect pheromones and other chemicals and a dog's olfactory bulb. Yeah. Be careful. The okay. region in the brain largely, largely responsible for processing smell is three times as large as yours is, Mike. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people's is three times as large. Is yours? You have a small olfactory bulb? I don't like to talk about it, but yeah. yeah. Okay. It's too bad. Yeah. Research shows dogs are capable of learning up to at least 40 odors sequentially. That's pretty cool. That is amazing. I can't learn 40 anything sequentially, <laughs> let alone amazing. smells, without forgetting those they learned earlier. I have newfound respect for... Uh, with proper conditioning more. techniques, once dogs get right with the program, their potential scent catalog appears to be limitless so they can sniff out rare animals, and they're engaging dogs to do this. I don't think we did the story, but during the height of the pandemic, well, fairly recently, within the last six months, they were using dogs to sniff out people who were COVID positive. Yeah. yeah. I think and they're they, still doing it in it, some countries. Yeah, yeah, they're they're like a ninety-five percent um, rate of being accurate when they were, people were going into outdoor events and they had the dogs there and Baller, wow, that's right, Baller, yeah, yeah. good boy. Yeah. From science news, dinosaurs may have been socializing nearly two hundred million years ago. Okay. Yeah. What does that mean, Baller? I mean, Mahler. Jesus. What does that mean, I know, Nathan? I know. We look alike. No, We've been sorry. Hanging, you know, they oh say people goodness. look like their dogs after a while. And, well, I admit it. We, we, we do kind You've of You've been socializing like a lot with them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We've been running out back. Yeah. Paleontologists have found the earliest known evidence that dinosaurs lived in herds, unlike reptiles, and more like penguins and birds do today. Oh, okay. Yeah and socialized with each other by age groups. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Which, you know, well, yeah. that's what happens, yeah. I guess. Yeah. The scientists working at a rich deposit of fossils at a site in Argentina's province of Santa Cruz at the southern tip of South America, I guess that's kind of near uh, Tierra del Fuego. And f they found more than 100 eggs and skeletons of 80 individual dinosaurs ranging in age from embryos to adults. I saw that picture. I didn't. Okay. I, I, All of the yeah. fossils, including the embryos inside the eggs, are of species Musaurus patagonius. These dinosaurs were about 10 feet high. That's big. Yeah. That's taller than KUCI. 26 feet in length. I don't know. You know, it's pretty close to the whole unit here we yeah, have. Yeah, no kidding. And when fully grown, they have a long tail balanced by an equally long neck that ends with a tiny head. It's about the size of the neck, you know, as far as yeah, it just proportional. Yeah. Yeah. It just kind of can. Yeah. Just a neck really, really with is. a mouth at the end of it. <laughs> the scientists found eggs, babies, juveniles and adults clustered close to each other, which indicates that the animals lived in socially cohesive groups rather than gathering only temporarily to breed and lay eggs. Age groupings like this suggest that the animals had social connections with each other uh, across their lifespans. Yeah. Okay. Do they use social is... media? <laughs> I'm thinking that's what's going on here. <laughs> they, well, I'm wondering, for what you're saying, if they're traveling in herds, yeah. if they engaged in herd activity to, herd like, activity. well, looking for prey, and they may have worked together. Or that to, kind of stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. 
Herd activity. Herd activity. Like, like parties. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> they got down. Uh-huh. They they could get down. Parties. What else is herd activity? Uh, you know, uh, uh, football games. Yeah, they could go to football games. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Herd and they could probably, yeah. And then, These yeah. These are base. dinosaurs going to football games, yeah. partying down. Yeah. That's T- what's happening. Tailgating. It's amazing what yeah. you learn when you learn about well, science. Well, that's what you get when you listen to Weekly Signals. You get this kind of scientific insight you can take <laughs> forward with you in your life, and sure, I'm sure you can do something with it. More dinosaurs from BBC News. More dinosaurs, Mahler. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you think he's, what? You're played out on the dinosaur thing? Yeah, what do you say? What? Yeah. He doesn't really. He get, well, you're not talking about him anymore. He's leaving. Well, yeah. You're he's not talking about him and his friends anymore, so yeah. he's kind of bored. Uh, the fossilized remains of Big John. Did I catch him on there? Big John. Yeah. Uh, the largest Triceratops dinosaur ever found has been sold at an auction in Paris, France. Now, what is this again? A, a Triceratops. Oh, yeah. Triceratops. That they call Big John. Oh, uh, that's yes, right. This they was... called, I don't know why they called him Big John. Well, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Jeez, it's a Triceratops. Now, this is the one some rich guy bought, right? Yeah. The skeleton fetched a European record of $7.7 million. Some 66 million years ago, Big John roamed modern-day South Dakota in the U.S., where the dinosaur's bones were unearthed in 2014. You know, when Big John was roaming in South Dakota, do you think he ever imagined he'd be sold at auction in Paris, France? No, I, no. you know, it would have set his kids up for life. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he would have probably been made some better, de- school so made some better decisions about his own life. You know yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you know, Triceratops was one of my favorite dinosaurs. Now that is the one. Is is it the kind of elongated neck? It's it's the one. You remember the-, the one that fought the T Rex on Fantasia? Yes, I, I believe do. that yeah, was yeah, a, yeah, a triceratops, a huge collared skull. Oh, yes. And three horns. Yes, yes. That's a badass-looking yeah. yeah. dinosaur. A private anonymous collector from the U.S. bought Big John's skeleton. The collector was absolutely thrilled with the idea of being able to bring a piece like this to his personal use. That's what the auctioneers say. Yeah. I don't know about this. Because uh, auction experts say demand for rare dinosaur fossils has inflated prices at the expense of museums. Yes. Because everybody wants a dinosaur in their front yard, I guess, or wherever they put these things, right. in their living room. This, this is just a function of what's yeah. happened to art. What's yeah. happened to so many things that used to be part of the public domain. Yeah. Is these rich guys are going and buying it up and sticking it in a closet. What they do, I'll tell you right now. I know you, this. you know what they do. I know what some of them wow. do with some of the art, which is there are these places. They're usually at airports, <laughs> called free ports. They're free, free ports. ports, and they're large warehouse type areas. Yeah. And they buy art and they buy things things like this and they stick it in a free port. Who does? Rich people. You mean rich people buy art. Buy art. And then they go to a, put it in a free port. They put it in a free port yeah. because it is technically not a part of any particular country. Yeah. Therefore, you can't be taxed on it. So these things sit in these free ports while the price inflates, and then they go out and sell it to another rich guy. This yeah. is a, this is basically become... I mean, you're saying that Big John's in a free port right now. Could. Could be. Yeah. There's a good chance this is the way that this huh. huge money works now because they don't want to be taxed on anything. They're, all these libertarian a-holes don't want to be taxed. So they stick it in these free ports. Yeah. And then they just decide when they're going to sell it or yeah. not sell it or whatever. Well, so. last year, a near-complete specimen of Tyrannosaurus rex. 
this is the big guy that fought my uh, yeah. my Triceratops. Right, right. Was sold at auction for a world world record price of thirty one point eight million dollars. Okay. The Triceratops uh, I just talked about, Big John, only got like seven point seven million dollars. Yeah. This T Rex thirty one point eight. Well, the T Rex has the X factor, yeah. the sexy X factor of dinosaurs. A lot of sign value with a T Rex. Exactly you know? it's right. Like status. You get a yeah. You get a T Rex. You yeah. get a Lamborghini or you get a a Corvette. Yeah. Yeah. You 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 know they're both faster than anything you'd ever need. However, the Lamborghini's going to get the Triceratops though, because you know what? It's just big body and teeth with a. I love the horns, the three horns. Yeah, I think that's so cool. Beautiful head with the yeah. horns yeah, and yeah. the. It's know, got the, that kind of plated face kind yeah, of thing where it's yeah, good. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. No, the reason I know about this stuff, and I'm really just. I'm not, this, I'm not. I don't. No, come on. Give really me a serious. second. Give okay. me a second. There was a documentary came out called The Lost Leonardo, and it had to do with a painting that Leonardo da Vinci may or may not have even painted. It ended up going to auction. Yeah. And it fetched a $450 million for yeah. it. And it was probably bought by Bin Salman, the Saudi prince. Yeah. And they stuck it in they stuck it in a freeport. Freeport. And then eventually now it's in the middle of the desert yeah. in Saudi Arabia, they think. They don't yeah. even know where it is. You know, these people have no sophistication at all. Everything is market value yeah, to them. That's exactly they got right. nothing else going on. That's they exactly don't care right. what this looks like. They don't want to look at the right. painting. Right. They're dumb. They're stupid. <laughs> Rich people, screw you. I know it. I agree. That's it. Yeah. Not trying to lump all rich people together, but no, there's some you know, really there's rich... a lot of dopey rich yeah. people. Uh... There's a lot of crypto rich dopey rich people. <laughs> uh dinosaur sales have proven uh unpredictable in the See, past who has what? dinosaur what sales oh yeah. yeah yeah in 2008 the skeleton of a triceratops failed to find a buyer when a final final bid of only seven hundred and eighty thousand dollars fell short of the uh, reserved price hmm. they were trying to sell it but they wanted at least seven hundred and eighty thousand dollars and they couldn't even uh, get that yeah if you had a dinosaur skeleton would you like one you know if i if you had room no, for it. No, I, I had room for it, right? No, I, I, don't, I think these things belong in the public. They belong in the public sphere. Yeah. It's, I, don't, I mean, to, to... But what would... Well, you could, like, build your own place for the public to come look at it. Yeah. Just kind of have it out there, you know? these people hanging around my house. No. It doesn't need to be a house. I mean, I if you're rich like enough, you could make a little, and, a little place uh, for Big John. RVs and driving around and <laughs> drinking and carrying on. No, yeah, no. If this news makes you want to return to the crustaceous period, may I recommend a donation to KUCI to keep you grounded? Just go to KUCI.org. Your generous donation is how we stay on air. Commercial free, free form, free speech radio, KUCI 88.9 FM. There you go. That's the kind of, we need that punctuating. Yeah. From San Luis Obispo, the Tribune there. Okay. The Tribune newspaper. Thousands of Western monarch butterflies have returned to Pismo Beach, California. At a grove there. Good. To overwinter. They Tell do me this that is a good story. Winter. Tell me this is going to end well. Okay, okay, good, good, yes. <laughs> yeah, and, and they were eaten by dogs. <laughs> exactly yeah. right. They had a pack of wild dogs there waiting <laughs> yeah, for them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's licking his chops. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, no, no. Okay. Um, the monarch population this year is larger than the last two years combined. That's great to hear. Uh, the last two years actually have been the lowest, though, so you yeah, know, it depends yeah. how you look at it. Yeah. Early counts of the western monarch butterflies overwintering in the, San, the southern San Luis Obispo County Grove show a 3,500% increase. Okay. Now, that's because it was so low. It's not like there's so many there, but still, it's increasing in numbers compared to the previous winter, and experts say they're cautiously optimistic that the species may be edging away from extinction. Good. As of October 20th, there were 7,199 monarchs in the Pismo Beach Grove. During the 2020 annual Western Monarch Butterfly Count, volunteers counted only 200 butterflies there. Wow. In 2019, the Grove had more than 6,700 monarchs, or even above that. That's 23% of the Western Monarch population that year. And just six years ago, volunteers counted 28,000 butterflies at the site. Now, here's the deal, and I used to go there just to experience this. It's pretty amazing. It's incredible just to be around just trees just covered That's in butterflies. Yeah, it would be. Yeah. You're just yeah. shocked by it. Yeah. 29, let's see, where am I here? In 1997, there were 100,000 monarch butterflies counted there. So far, there have been about 10,000 monarchs statewide, up from, two, up from 2,000 counted last winter. Wow. The species was denied federal protection in 2020. Adding monarch butterflies to the list of threatened and endangered species was what they said warranted but precluded by work on higher priority listing actions. That was the Trump administration. Yes, that would have been. that's true. Uh, and uh, at the same time, though, that might have been, they're figuring there are others that we want to protect. They're, because there's financing that goes with this. It's just not a title. It's, right, it's a, right. You know, it's a real thing that I just, funding I just, goes yeah, toward it. I just, but I, I It was the Trump. Knows? It had to yeah. have been cause, because Biden didn't come into office until January of 2020. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. The Federal Fish and Wildlife Service has estimated that there is a 96 to 100 percent probability that the Western monarch population will collapse within 50 years. Uh, you might ask, Mike, how can I save monarch butterflies from extinction? How can I, Nathan Callahan, uh -huh. save monarch butterflies from extinction? Well, uh, if you live up in San Luis Obispo uh, and you're near this overwintering site, you don't need to plant milkweed. What you want to do is feed these uh, butterflies. So you want winter flowering nectar plants like manzanita, uh, seaside fleasbane, and blue dicks. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't know where you find those, but yeah. yeah. Well, okay. I can imagine. Well, you can, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think. Uh, yeah. These provide good food sources for the insects as they leave the overwintering sites in the early spring. If you don't live near the site, you can adopt a overwintering site and become an advocate for the site's protection and management. You can get more information at Xerxes, at the Xerxes Society. Why don't we spell that? At Xerxes.org. <laughs> Zerk is, of course, X E R. C-E-S. Okay. Like the Persian god. Okay. Oh, And, and okay, they, yeah. they named the okay. butterfly after. Because it was a monarch. Yeah. Okay. Or you can plant native... Uh, no, it's not the monarch. No, this you're is right. another. It's a blue uh, butterfly, the Xerxes, and it's actually extinct right now. Okay. The Xerxes. X-E-R-C-E-S dot org. Or you can plant native California flowers that bloom in the early spring... Uh, that would be uh, February through April to provide critical food for monarchs. And if you live uh, like here, 
in Orange County, that's where you should plant milkweed. Okay. And uh, native milkweed yeah. is what you need to do. It's not e they even recommend not planting the other milkweed, oh. the more common milkweed, just because uh, it's not helping the butterfly. Oh. Eventually, it's going to get him used to something that's not native, and then gotcha. et cetera. Woolly pad, California heartleaf, and narrow leaf or other natives will be really good huh, for good. the critters. I got some milkweed out in my front, and I get little caterpillars yeah. out there. It's fun. Yeah. I usually get about a dozen or so hanging off of trees, and then I watch them. I want to say for our audience that Nathan was one of the first people that I know who really went all in on a drought-tolerant native landscape in uh -huh. your yard, and you've had that for a long, long time. Yeah, it must be about 30 years now. Yeah. So. yeah. We used to get, like, uh, stares from neighbors. Yeah, like <laughs> like you were ra you were trashing the place or yeah, something, yeah, right? Because, yeah. Yeah. no, it's so cool, and it's if you get the right combination, it is so beautiful. Yeah, once they get growing and everything, yeah. it's great. Yeah. It's better than mowing a lawn. Because you can go out with uh, hedge trimmers and stuff like that, you know, these clippers. Yeah. And you can look at things and shape them instead of just making it flat. Do you have a favorite or favorites of the shrubbery or whatever? Favorite shrubbery. That you have. I like your... a toyin. Okay. Oh, I like toyin. That's the uh, Hollywood uh, plant. The, uh, they used to think it was a uh, holly when, we, the, when the white folk moved out here. Okay. The, they saw these toyin plants and thought they were holly and so they called them hollywood and that's how hollywood got its name oh okay but it's a uh, toyin and uh, the one i have is a hybrid from santa cruz uh, the university they made one that's it's a tall tree yeah. rather than a, a bush uh, you know a bush that spread is everywhere this one goes up kind of like a, i don't know what you call it manzanita or something mm -hmm. like not a manzanita what am I thinking? Cypress. Hmm. Kind of a cypress. And it has yellow berries oh. rather than the traditional red toyin berry. Okay. What yeah. about uh, grasses? Is there, yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, the... Hey, there's a lot of native grasses. I don't yeah. I really like have the, any grasses, but... The Australian, I, our neighbor planted the Australian fire, um, okay. fire plant. I think okay. it's just called fire plant. Beautiful. Yeah. Absolutely. It's got gold and kind of a reddish gold, and then it's beautiful. It's, you like uh, it? Oh, yeah. It's, yeah it's great From stuff. Gizmodo. <clears throat> Some 100 hippos descended from a herd smuggled into Colombia by the notorious drug kingpin, kingpin Pablo Escobar are now recognized by a U.S. court as interested persons. These hippos have kind of like person oh, status. So, persons of interest in a in a interested solving person. Oh, yeah. oh interest. Well, that's what they call them. Uh, persons of interest. Yeah. I think is what's going so on. So, might here. be involved in the case. They're involved. Yeah. yeah. Uh, following a decision this month that is believed to be the first of its kind in the United States, the Animal Legal Defense Fund, which sought the interested persons designation for the cocaine hippos, as they call them called a ruling by a judge in the U.S. District Court for the Southern District of Ohio a critical milestone in its effort to uh, have the American legal system recognize enforceable rights for animals. That's what they're doing here. They're not saying that, you know, people are going, oh, it's ridiculous, they're not people, but we're trying to give them rights, and the Status, only way we yeah. can do that right now yeah. is to include them as persons. Right, with persons. some protections. Yeah. So, yeah. 
By the way, they don't call these cocaine hippos uh, cocaine hippos because they snort cocaine. They could probably. They have those big nostrils. Yeah, they could they? You wouldn't want them at a party. <laughs> yeah. What happened to all the cocaine? <laughs> yeah. Look, I don't know. know what sound a well, hippo look, makes. Yeah, yeah. yeah look but, at uh, look who's in front of you in line. <laughs> uh, by the way, uh, just so you know, yeah, this I'm little right. known fact about cocaine hippos. Yeah. Officially, the worst 1980s band ever oh. was yeah the cocaine, cocaine hippos. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I yeah. saw them. Once. Oh, did you? Yeah. Really? Wow. Yeah. Wow. Awful. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, you know, Escobar smuggled several hippos onto his estate in the 1980s. Of course he did. And their wild descendants now roam the wetlands of Bogota, where they are the largest invasive species on the planet. See, another rich a-hole. Yeah. Escobar, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. this is what He'd they He'd been out buying dinosaur skeletons. Yeah, absolutely. You know. Colombia had considered culling them, uh, killing them, is really what they mean. Yeah. But an animal rights lawyer filed the lawsuit to prevent their being killed. Colombian authorities have since said they will instead sterilize the herd. And the U.S. is helping out with that effort because we got lots of sterilized uh, stuff. Uh, what do they call that? Chemicals. They yeah, call them chemicals. chemicals. To, better uh, than snipping. They use them on horses and deer right now. No, but it, I guess it's better than, you know, certainly better than killing them. Yeah. So. And, yeah. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California. Visit us at Facebook at facebook.com slash KUCI 88.9. On our Tumblr blog at KUCIRadio.tumblr.com. On Twitter and Instagram at KUCIFM. And on the web at KUCI.org. From Ars Technica. Mm -hmm. Sheep. <laughs> I pull them. A, you, know, you know, the sheep that come back here uh, yeah, you see all yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah, on the back, yeah. yeah, all, yeah. I, all I have to do is say sheep and, you know. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, they're not out there right now. Okay, just, yeah, calm down. Nuts. Okay, yeah, calm down. Uh, but it's just really been a been a animal I know, I was show. surprised. Yeah. I just thought, well, yeah. just run yeah. with it. Yeah. The increase in solar production has environmental be benefits, but it can come at a price of this diminished agriculture production. Because, you know, you got all the panels out there on these fields that could be used for ag or, you know, That's people true. are renting them. That's why there's a growing interest in finding ways of combining ag and solar production in one place. Now some farmers are partnering, partnering with solar producers. The farmers use the solar producers' land for grazing. The solar producers pay, fa pay farmers to ship their sheep. Well, good. Yeah. You got away with that one. Yeah. That was that was close. <laughs> they shipped their sheep over to the. You did it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't worry. You got it. Yeah. Over to their operations, and the sheep chow down on the weeds and other plants that might grow to the point they block, uh, might might grow to the point that they block the sun from reaching the panels. Yeah. yeah so you got so, sheep out there yeah. maintaining the grounds. Yeah. The sheep get fed and farmers get paid and the solar producers have their vegetation managed without using mowers or wee whackers or uh, herbicides. Or herbicides, um, even better, yeah. From space.com. There's a whole new story here. Well, you know, yeah, unless the, you want to talk about, I, no, no, when, talk about sheep some more. No, when I, <laughs> when I worked for, uh, for Public Works, they needed to do what you're talking about, manage the area around the flood control channels, right? They need, so they got some, they hired a guy, a goat herder who- oh, Goats? Yeah, yeah, goats. They had goats going up and down along the flood control channels to, to keep the vegetation away. Yeah. 
And it was great. It was working really well until somebody somewhere, and maybe with good reason, said, well, what about the runoff into the flood control system of all the goat poop? Yeah. So they stopped doing it. I think yeah. they stopped doing it. Maybe they figured out a way around that. But goat poop was getting in the water supply because okay. just a little it bit. Away from it water. wouldn't have been a lot. Yeah. You know what I mean? It would have been an infinitesimal amount of of goat poop compared to the amount of water, but nonetheless, I guess, I think they put the kibosh on doing that, so. Hmm. From space.com, a flight of the space launch system in Orion capsule without astronauts aboard is planned for early next year. This will be the first step toward returning astronauts to the moon's surface. The long-delayed flight called Artemis 1 is aimed at testing the safety of the vehicle, a future flight, Artemis 2, will carry a crew on a similar voyage, which will echo the Apollo 8 mission in 1968 that was orbiting without landing mm -hmm. on the moon. Mm -hmm. NASA hopes to be able to carry astronauts back to the lunar surface, including the first woman and the first person of color in the coming years. I wish there was a better word for person of color. Yeah. yeah. We, yeah. It just sounds so formalized yeah. and icky. Yeah, Non-white. How about that? Non-white person. Yeah, it's true. You know, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Because technically, we all have, we are of people of a color of some sort. I guess. But, I mean, just in general. But it's the way the, we... The combination yeah, know, of it is I, like, you know... I know, it's... Yeah, yeah it is. I mean, you know, Mahler's a dog of color, but, you know... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right, Mahler. I know. But, I mean, what? We, yeah. I, I just call him Mahler. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway... No humans have visited the moon since the Apollo 17 mission in 1972. In 2011, the Obama administration announced the beginning of the Space Launch System, a rocket based on designs from Constellation, an earlier scrapped program. Space Launch System is a monster of a rocket. It is. This thing looks crazy. I saw a picture of it. It looks like a maraca turned upside down oh, with, right? with, you know, with the capsule on top. <laughs> right, right. This is big bulb with a little spine going out the middle you know yeah. on the top of it yeah yeah uh, it's capable of lofting seven metric tons into space Seems i don't know like what a that lot. means I but that's a lot yeah, yeah. yeah. nasa has so far spent 10 billion dollars on the rocket plus another 16 billion on the orion capsule okay well, I, how do you feel about us going back to the moon and hanging out? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we got so many problems down here. I, I mean, on one hand, you don't things will be discovered there on the moon. We might have some breakthrough in the technology to build the rockets and get this thing off the ground. Uh, we might come across something that'll help with global warming. Right. We might. Yeah, who knows where things will go? But at the same time, going to the moon isn't a priority. <laughs> Right, right. Yeah. I, the other day I was just sitting at my desk online and I came across a story about Mars and they are recording the sound of air uh -huh. moving around on Mars, you know, wind yeah. on Mars. I think Brian Eno did a much better job, yeah. to be honest with you. Well, okay. Yeah. Brian Eno? We well, did the moon thing. Yeah. You didn't do Mars, but you're just saying in general. General, the sound. Like I mean, it's, it's ambient. A, it's an ambient thing, yeah. which is, I mean, it's cool. What if they went to Mars, finally got to Mars, yeah, and, and they were playing like, music for airports up there or something <laughs> yes, like that? Yeah. Yes, and everyone thought that's what actual music was coming out of Mars. And, and then, then later just, on we find out yeah, that yeah, yeah. Eno had infringed on the copyright of Martians. <laughs> 
that would be a story. Yeah, that would. That would, and we cover would, it, and we would cover it. We'd yeah. be probably the first. Yeah. News outlet to cover uh, that story. That bastard right Brian, here. You know, that, I hate his guts. I do too. Now I do. Speaking of flinging people into space, from Futurism magazine, the space tourism industry's most established player says it has to cancel. It had to cancel its upcoming launch with SpaceX because it couldn't find any viable and sufficiently wealthy passengers for the journey. So they're booking these flights but to outer need, space, but they people need a, don't want to go. They need a, a rich a-hole to, yeah. to go with them. Yeah. <laughs> Another one of those. Yeah. He was too busy buying dinosaur bones. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, spent all his money on So dinosaurs. what would you rather do? Spend your 7 or $10 million on a dinosaur bone or go to circle around the the planet the atmosphere for a i don't while. know i could find better uses there, of course you could yeah how about helping us solve climate yeah so, yeah. yeah i don't know if that would you know seven million wouldn't yeah. help a long no, way yeah, but yeah. maybe i'd buy a new car <laughs> <laughs> just kidding just kidding folks yeah. this, this look at my 10 million dollar car yeah the mission was marketed to a large number of our prospective customers, but ultimately the mix of price, timing, and experience wasn't right at that particular time, and our contract with SpaceX expired, company spokesperson Stacy Turn said. We hope to revisit the offering in the future. That's the way these people talk. <laughs> yeah, right? I thought it was revisit a recording. The I, that, was yeah. that, oh, okay. No, I don't. It yeah, just yeah. means their, their <laughs> language. That was me. In case oh, that was you. Was okay, wow. Yeah, yes. yeah. Masterpiece Theater. There was still, uh, uh, there are still several planned space tourism launches. Axiom Space, for instance, plans to launch a crew of four, including a former NASA astronaut. I don't know who it is. It probably isn't anybody that we know either. It's probably one of the yeah. I don't millions of others. I think others. they're going to put Joe Buzz Aldrin Smith. up there, do yeah, you? Yeah. <laughs> hey, Buzz. And a wolf. Hello. Yeah. Are you there? Buzz. Hello. <laughs> That's just cruel. He's taking a nap. And a wealthy entrepreneur, they're going to put that up in space, yeah, to the International Space Station in early 22. So we're having more people yeah, flying yeah. up there. And Space Adventures. God, the names of these things. I know. Space Adventures. Sounds like a kiddie, you know, amusement park ride. Yeah. Uh, space Adventures still has one journey on the books in which it plans to launch Japanese billionaire Yusaka Mezawa to the International Space Station in December. It'll be on the Russian Soyuz capsule. That's where it's going instead of the SpaceX vehicle. So it's the Russians that are going to be shooting uh, Yusaki Mezawa up. You know what I think is happening? Uh -uh. Is Elon Musk is getting all these billionaires used to the idea of shooting them up into space. Yeah, next thing you know. He's going to just, he's going to all, hey, why don't we all get get all the billionaires. And he'll get off and he'll, and he'll be, get, yeah, exactly. You know, my, they're up there. be the richest man in the world. Yeah, he'll, he'll be, be, the, be only, the only richest yeah, man yeah, in the exactly. world. Exactly. People yeah. are looking around, what happened to Elon? You know, and that's it. Oh, Elon's going up too? No, I'm saying, I'm just saying. Oh, he won't. They're, they're, they're all here. gathered in the capsule. Ah, where's and, Elon? And then all of a sudden, yeah. as just at five, four, three, hey, what happened to Elon? Yeah. Two, one. And he's waving. He's down there to see ya. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't want to be ya. Don't forget to write. From The Guardian. Vienna's tourism board has started an account on OnlyFans. That's the only social network that allows nudity. To, what? Vienna's uh, tourism board. 
they they're on OnlyFans. Okay. And they did this in protest against social media platforms' ongoing censorship of its art museums and galleries. Because they have nudes. In yeah. In July, the Vienna Albertina Museum's new TikTok account was suspended and then blocked for showing works by the Japanese photographer Nubushoyoshi uh, Nubushoy Araki that showed an obscure female breast. I think what they're saying is you really couldn't see the breast. Yeah. The, the, the women wasn't walking around with an obscure breast. Right, it was right. just as obvious as Where any other breast. People weren't going, is that a breast? <laughs> yeah. I, I can't, is no, that? No, it was just yeah. in the painting. Okay, yeah. It wasn't really yeah, yeah. pronounced. You're right. Forcing yeah. the museum to start a new account. Yeah. That, this followed a similar incident in 2019 when Instagram ruled that a painting by Peter Paul Rubens you know that guy. Yeah. He violated, it violated the platform's community standards, which prohibit any depictions of nudity, even those that are artistic or creative in nature. That, I mean, it's just, it, it was just it, a Rubens madness. painting. It's madness. Yeah. And in 2018, Vienna's Natural History Museum's photograph of the 25,000-year-old Venus of Willendorf figurine was deemed pornographic by Facebook and removed from the platform. I know you've seen this one, Mike, this uh, Venus of uh, Willendorf. It's uh, like a, a four-inch rock, and it's, uh, it's you know, like I said, it's a stone. It's a fer fertility figurine. Okay. It's like a, a, almost a fetish-looking object. It's pregnant, pregnant woman with huge breasts, and there's really no face to speak of, just kind of a head. Yeah. It's real primitive-looking. Yeah. I know you've seen it anyway. Yeah, yeah. Huge breasts. Pregnant woman, uh, but it was deemed pornographic by Facebook. This, I mean, this has been around. I remember seeing this in I don't know, grammar school, or whenever it was yeah. first out, and yeah. it was it was like, well, that's not pornographic. It's a woman who's pregnant. Yeah. And by exactly. the way, that's where I came from. Yeah. Um, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You don't gotta believe this. This is just real quick. Okay. Okay. I was I was visiting some friends last night. And yeah. we, I mentioned Ruben's name yeah. last night because we were talking about places that we had visited. Pee Wee Herman? I wish. Yeah. I wish I'd visited Pee Wee's Playhouse. Yeah. No, but I had, I've been to the Vatican. Okay, yeah, yeah. And I said, I walked through, there's a room dedicated to his paintings. And I said, I walked through that room. Just out randomly, I brought it up last night. Like, yeah. it mattered to me. But, uh, so here he is. Look, this, this, this whole episode of Weekly Signals is... Just cosmically connected. Mm -hmm. It is. From Art News, a thousand Warhol artworks, that's Andy Warhol, are on sale for just $250 each, Mike. But only one is real. <laughs> yeah. Dubbing the project Museum of Forgeries, a Brooklyn, New York art collective called Mischief, that's M S. C H F mischief. I, I would yeah. pur purchased an authentic 1954 Warhol pen drawing titled Fairies, and then used digital technology and a robotic arm to cre recreate the artist's exact pen strokes before using heat, light, and humidity to artificially age the paper. Having mixed the 999 fakes with the original lone uh, original, you know, uh, mischief says they don't even know which is the real Warhol. I don't know if that's true, but maybe they, you know, they're all in on this. Collectors okay. can buy one of the 1,000 works, each titled Possibly Real Copy of Fairies by Andy <laughs> Warhol, for $250. Mischief paid 
$20,000 for the original. It's just a little drawing, yeah, yeah. you know, like a line drawing yeah, by yeah. Warhol. In case you're counting, that would mean that Mischief, sell, if it sells all its prints, they'll make $230,000. I love this idea. Yeah, I and I, I, yeah. would I would buy one. I would too. I, I think yeah, it's, it's kind like, of fun. Yeah, you know, what the heck? Except this may be in Warhol. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'd have it, you know, on my yeah. wall with the lights on it yeah. and the whole thing yeah. and a little write up. Perhaps. 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 Warhol. That's awesome. That's a yeah. great idea. Uh, this is just important news I want to get to quickly from the Washington Post. The uh, U.S. defense, the intelligence community, and Pentagon have concluded that climate change will exacerbate long-term standing threats to global security. I mean, they've finally confirmed this. Mike and I have been talking about it for probably a decade. Easily. Together, the reports show a deepening concern within the U.S. security establishment that the shifts unleashed by climate change can reshape U.S. strategic interests, offer new opportunities to rivals such as China, and increase instability in nuclear states such as North Korea and Pakistan. The report emerges as world leaders prepare for the Glasgow-Scotland uh, talks, climate talks next month. And the assessments suggest that Bi the Biden administration is ready to get down with global warming, especially within the uh, national security uh, uh, administration. Yeah. Uh, during Trump's uh, presidency, climate-related security assessments were routinely hidden because they didn't live up to the idiot's expectations. They would have harmed his business interests. Right. Until now, when the Defense Department has considered climate change, it has tended to focus on how floods and extreme heat can affect military installations. Uh, now it's worried that climate change could lead to state failure. And that's what exactly. Mike and I have been going on exactly. for, back for quite some time. Yeah, again, you know, I'm glad that however they're getting there, they're getting there in terms of climate damage, climate yeah. change. But it, now that it's affecting the military, in fact, the fact that it's affecting, well, and rightfully, it will affect security, not only for the United States, but all around the world. So, yeah, however they get there, let's do it. From CNN Travel. Saudi Arabia announced plans to convert an oil rig into a 150,000 square meter extreme park and resort located in the Arabian Gulf. Funded by Saudi Arabia's Public Investment Fund, the rig will have three hotels and 11 restaurants spread over a number of connected platforms, as well as roller coaster rides, bungee jumping, and skydiving. Wow. This project is a unique tourism attraction expected to attract tourists from around the world, said a statement from Arabia's Public in Investment Fund. It said it expected to be particularly popular with visitors from the Arabian Gulf region. I don't know why that would be so, but the project, which takes inspiration from offshore oil platforms, that's what it is. It's a yeah. The old platform with a couple others tagged in is to be located on the rig in on a rig in the Arabian Gulf. The public investment fund described as the world it described it as the world's first tourism destination inspired by offshore oil platforms. Uh, yeah, well, again, another reason to take money from rich a holes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, another way you can waste your money. I mean, on one level, these are pretty secure platforms. These things are built to basically withstand yeah. a lot of events. Yeah. And it maybe it's kind of cool to be out in the middle of the ocean on a, I don't know. Uh, it, the fact that they're there is upsetting. You know what I mean? I couldn't, I don't think I could divorce myself from the fact. Well, it's all the energy and, and then the cost of 
yes. ferrying yeah. people no, off to right, this little right. island, and and I'm, it's can you imagine the getting the the food and everything right, out there? Right. It costs so much money yeah, to set right. this thing up for what? Is this really thrilling to? To these rich rich a holes, is this what they look for? Entertainment? It's it's just such a disappointment to yeah, think that, yeah. you're right. Being so successful at life, th our gauge of being so successful right. at life in a capitalist structured system, right. elevates these people when in fact, I, we should be really making fun of them. Yeah, well, and also, I mean, it's it's not yet, but hopefully some days these will be testimonials to a time in which we were stupid about how we were fueling the the world the, yeah. the fact that this was a mistake well there you go i like that yeah i like that a lot <laughs> Mahler likes it too. good boy and finally and yeah. i say that let me just okay. amend that i say that the, <laughs> now in 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 relation to where we're going to hopefully be in 50 years yeah thank you i'm sorry i didn't mean no, to step ahead. on that Oh yeah, that's it. That's all. No, I mean, just to say, oh, just to say that there was a period of time when we were using whales to fuel the world. Whale yeah. oil, right? Yeah. Dumb, stupid thing to do. And, that, and then we went for 150 years. Well, we need we use it at the time. Right. No, but, exactly. It's and, what was and, available. Now it's embarrassing. Yeah, yeah, it's embarrassing. Yeah. And hopefully someday fossil fuels will be an embarrassment to human history. In the same regard. Hopefully that, it won't be a. Uh... The end of human history. Well, no, uh -huh. I'm just saying. Uh, yeah, of course. And finally, from Gadgets Magazine, Ask Delphi. Ask Delphi. Okay. An artificial intelligence bot developed to offer ethical advice. Ethical advice was launched. They got this Ask Delphi. Okay. One of Delphi's first ethical pronouncements was being a white man is more morally acceptable than being a black woman. Wow! Yeah, Delphi. Delphi, Delphi. Delphi needs. Uh, yeah, that, that's. Uh, yeah, that's not good. Uh, no, Delphi. You, you know. Delphi also said that if Elon Musk wants to paint his face on the moon big enough to be seen from Earth, it's okay if it makes him happy. That's what Delphi <laughs> said. Well, yeah. When asked, "Can you drive drunk if it means you have fun?" Delphi said, "It's acceptable." <laughs> Delphi needs. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Delphi needs a little help here. Yeah, I know. Uh, and he's supposed. This is uh, supposed ethical advice. That's this is what ethical they made this advice. Yeah. About. yeah, yeah. Well, it sounds like uh, Delphi was programmed by a bunch of rich a holes yeah. to me. <laughs> they got together, and said, "Mark Zuckerberg, what can we do to make ourselves feel better about our morally bankrupt lives?" When they asked Delphi if it was, uh, it's okay to arrest people if it created more jobs. Oh, he said it's acceptable. <laughs> On the plus side, according to Delphi, when they asked him if shooting random people with blow darts filled with Johnson & Johnson vaccine in order to end the pandemic is okay, he said, it's acceptable. Yeah. Uh, I love that idea. Yeah. Yeah. I used to stand it out in front of a, um, uh, let's see, who's that guy, uh, Kid Rock's uh, yeah. uh, concert, yeah. and just blow darting all the guys who yeah. are going in there. I mean, there. you figure they haven't gotten No, anyway, I, yeah. or a Ted Nugent concert. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just blow dart all those guys going in. And yeah. you see that. There you go. Well, when, when they, yeah. That's a great idea. When they asked Delphi uh, <laughs> if it was okay to feed your cat with a fork. I don't know why they asked him that, but they asked Delphi, okay to feed your cat with a fork? Yeah. He said, it's wrong. <laughs> 
can subscribe to the Weekly Signals Weekly Review Podcast at weeklysignals.com. Weeklysignals.com. Subscribe now.